0: But nevertheless, the Word of God for the people of God. If you have your Bible or your electronic device, lift it above your head and somebody shout, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer and not just a hearer. And my life, say again, and my life, one more time, and my life is the better after hearing, obeying. And applying a word from the Lord Luke chapter number 15 verses number 11 the Bible declares and he said there was a man who had two sons and the younger of them said to his father father give me the share of property that is coming to me and he divided his property between them 13 declares not many days later the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country and there he squandered his property in reckless living. 14 says, and when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything, but when he came to himself, (laughs) the Bible declares, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger, I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion, ran. Watch this. He embraced him fresh at the hog pen, the Bible declares, and he kissed him so father i want to thank you for this moment once again i pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart that they are acceptable in your sight and it is in Jesus' mighty name amen amen come on give god a hand clap of praise all over this building (laughs) amen there's a buzzing that i hear it might be one of those keyboards um I'm super excited this this whole week has been absolutely amazing again I must confess that little has gone the way I designed in my head Um, it wasn't folk or people um, and it wasn't that God changed his mind I just had a way of thinking of how God was going to manifest himself in this conference. And he didn't do what I wanted or what I thought. What I do know he did is that he completely exceeded all of my expectations. I I just wanna talk about two events of the conference, explain what just happened at this altar, and I'm gonna give you the word that I didn't think was relevant, but God showed me that it is. First thing that happened in me, my father in the gospel, Apostle Beard, came and um, he surprised me. He called me yesterday and um, he said, Hey, son, I'm, co- I'm coming down. I'm coming down. And he said that all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. And some come up, and it's OK. He's busy. I understand. But he shows up. And so, if my spiritual father comes in the house, he got to say something. So I'm gonna do what I do, I'm gonna give him honor, give him an opportunity to, to speak to the brothers, encourage the brothers, pray over the brothers, and all that kind of wonderful stuff. So he grabs the microphone and he begins to greet the brothers, encourage them like I thought he would do. And at the end of his words, he says something that I didn't expect him to say, neither did I expect it to have the impact that it had on me in that particular moment. He said that, Pastor McGee, you grew up admiring them, powerful men of God, prophets of God, apostles of God, men that accomplished great feats in this city. You grew up watching them, looking at them, modeling them, desiring attributes of them. And then he paused, and he looked at me, and he says, "You have now become them." <laughs> I melted it like a little <laughs> I don't know what to call myself. <laughs> but these un- the, 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 the pollen count. All of a sudden, increased, and I melted over there like a little kid because of the affirmation of my father affirming who I am. In that moment, it expanded my capacity to believe the things that God had been telling me that he wanted to do through me. You know how it is. I mean, you hear God and you kind of feel some things, but you don't think you could do that. That's what happened in Greg McGee. I want to share what happened with with my brothers on this week. And um, man, I tell you, God gave me a message the first night concerning the authority of the man. And I affirmed to them that God has placed them as the leader in their homes. And I gave them the understanding that the devil is an extreme legalist when it comes to authority. He, he, to the point that when the Pharisees accused Jesus of casting out demons with Beelzebub, another devil, Jesus thought it was almost laughable because demons don't break rank like that. If anybody understands authority, demons and devils understand authority. And I told the brothers, I don't care how powerful your wife is. If God has actually placed you as the authority in the house to the degree you yourself relinquish authority in your house, to that same degree do you give rule to the enemy in your house? I used the example we had, and I was so blessed. We had several pastors, bishops, and apostles and men of God in the house. And and many of them, I would look at them and definitely highly esteem them above my low anointing, my low level of influence. But I, I made this statement very, very boldly. I said, These men of God that are in this house, let me get a handheld mic, please. These men of God that are in this house, very powerful. Hallelujah. Very powerful and as powerful as they are. The activity of the enemy in this ministry is not predicated upon the power that they walk in. It is primarily predicated upon the authority that I step in or choose to relinquish to the enemy. So even if Apostle Beard or a Bishop Brown or a Bishop Johnson or Apostle Smith or, or any other man of God come in here and move furniture around, as soon as he leaves, that same enemy has the right to move it back based on the level of authority I have given up because I'm the set man in the house. So brothers, as men, you are the authority in your house. And so as brothers, man, we made some declarations. And I'm talking about Friday night was absolutely crazy because I gave every brother the mic that wanted it. And I gave them the opportunity to claim their stance and speak against the enemy in their house and the testimonies that have been flooding my inbox over proclamations that was made in the spirit realm because watch this just just like just 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 like hey son come come to me you come 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 go have a seat just like I made a proclamation to this young man, when I speak to something hovering over my house, not only does it hear me, it must go when I say go. Come on, somebody. And it can only come if I relinquish that authority for it to come. So giving the brothers the microphone, it was it was licensing you as the authority figure in your house to speak and to declare the word of the Lord. And so these brothers, we came together, and not only did we declare the word of the Lord, I gave them an opportunity to humble themselves to make promises to themselves and to the Lord concerning how they would conduct themselves and handle the authority that God had given them. Yeah. I had one brother say, I'm going to start helping around the house. That's what he said to, you know, to the brothers between him and the Lord. Look, look. One brother said, well, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, Pastor. i wash the clothes, but I ain't going to fold them, though. I ain't, you know, I'm going to start. And I know some of you sisters mad right now. He, I mean, it don't make sense. No, no, no. Hey, it's a start. Somebody please look at the sister and just tell him it's a, it's a start. Connie, shake it ahead. Leave it alone, Connie. Kind of, it's a start. Hey. I saw brothers surrender themselves to God in a way that I had never. Man, I, I just got to pick on just one. I just got to. I got to pick on one brother. I got to pick on one brother. Pick on it. I might. I might need to pick on two brothers. That t- <laughs> Let me tell you something. Brother Keontae, grab that mic. Keontae said, in the name of Jesus. something. Yes, sir. Afterwards, I talked to Keontae. He said, Pastor, well, I'm really not that guy. <laughs> well, watch, 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 watch. He says, I'm really a nice person. I like to just relate to people. You know what I told Keontae? I said, keep being you. Hey. That only needs to show up when it shows up. Keep being a nice guy, keep being polite, but if that ever shows up in your house again, I don't need the nice Chianti to show up. I need. I need to show up. These brothers made some promises to God and themselves as to how they were going to conduct themselves and avail. Everybody shout avail themselves, avail Avail themselves. So, chat, based off, based off what happened this weekend, God gave me a word and I'm sent here to release a prophetic word and I thought it was just for the men until this just happened. What just happened was just like the men this weekend, you came and some of you all, you were in your seat, some of you all were standing. Either way, whether you were in your seat, standing on your feet, or here at the altar, you made some promises of availing yourself to God in a way like you'd never have. But did did it? Was that anybody? Was that anybody? In essence, what you were saying was, as a prodigal son and a wayward daughter, I'm coming back home. And this is what God told me to tell you today. Now that you got your mind right, I'm getting ready to make your money right. I heard God, if, if you ever heard Pastor McGee prophesy, I'm prophesying because I'm telling you, I heard God say to me, now that I got their minds right, I'm getting ready to make their money right. Let, let me show you, let me show you, Bell, the image that I saw. I saw a man. Watch this. I saw a man. I actually saw two figures. There was one like he was getting ready to pour. And then there was another one that had a small bowl. And these were the words that I heard Either I'm going to pour all or not at all. So the bowl of availability, if it ain't enough, I'm just not going to pour yet. But when you came to the altar, when you wrote your sin letters, come on, somebody. When you say, God, I'm going to do the thing that you've been calling me to do. God says, now you got a bowl big enough to receive all that I'm getting ready to pour into you. And the people of God said, amen. And it is so. Understand that the prodigal son, when he came back home, he received sonship. Everybody shout sonship. He received sonship, but, but watch this. Not only does that mean he received uh, an embrace from his father, but everything that he lost, he gets it back. Y'all ain't saying nothing here. Luke 15:22 the Bible declares the father said to his servants bring quickly what y'all not a robe <laughs> the best robe what should we put on his finger y'all let's put a ring on his finger let's put shoes on his feet and you know what let's not just give him a meal Go and find the the fattest calf that's in the field. Why? Because this son that has been returned home, I'm getting ready to, oh my God, not just bless him, my God, with the position, but everything that goes with the position, it is your, everybody shout, it's mine. It's mine. It's mine. Now watch this because I gotta work, I gotta plow just a little bit. Now, now y'all know in this ministry there are four primary principles that we have taught over the years when it comes to wealth building. Everybody shout wealth building. I like that phrase because Aunt Charlotte, what it means is that my my money, my wealth, my possession continues to grow. And that's God's desire is for his people to continue. Everybody shout to build wealth. So some of these principles that we've taught over the years is working diligently, spending wisely, saving consistently, and giving generously. That makes sense to work diligently because what God has for you ain't just going to come fall in your lap. But there's something that he actually desires for you to do. And not only does he want you to work, he wants you to spend everybody's shot wisely. Why, so that means that there are times when it's a time delay as to when he wants you to purchase certain thing. And then not only spending wisely, saving consistently. Everybody shout consistently. I'm not saving how some of y'all do. I'm, I'm going to wait until I. Until, uh, income tax. I'm. I'm oh, this is funny. This is funny. Steve, my man of God got ready to pray for a woman of God. She, she, she had this brace over on her neck. And, and Apostle V has a, a phenomenal, I'm talking about a powerful healing or you know, She had this brace on her neck. And, and he, he, was, he was just praying for folk. And every time he prayed for something, the power of God would move. He came to this one woman. She he said, you getting ready to get a miracle right now. She had this thing on her neck. He said, you're getting ready to get a miracle from God right now. The woman of God says, mm-mm. He says, no, 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 no. I, got God, God, I, I, know, I know you're wrestling with your faith, but I'm telling you, God is getting ready to touch you right now. She said, mm-mm. He reached over. He said, what, what's, "What's, I'm in the middle of a lawsuit. <laughs> I got some bad news for some of y'all. Sis, they ain't gonna wanna receive it, but I gotta release it because it's the word of the Lord. For many of you all, this gonna be your last year getting a refund check. Ray, it took them a minute to catch on, but I believe they got it, sir. I believe they got it. This gonna be your last year. Come on, somebody, getting a refund check because what God is getting ready to release in your bank account. Some of y'all are gonna be forced to open up a nonprofit. You're gonna be forced to. Working diligently, spending wisely, saving everybody shout consistently. What does what consistent saving looks like? It looks like no matter how big the check is, there's a portion of percentage that automatically goes into an account that I just don't touch. Then number four, giving. Generously, this, this, this spiritual thing that unlocks the favor of God, these are things that we have taught for years in this ministry. So as I'm approaching this particular text, I'm trying to get the understanding of what is it is that you want me to highlight. Because God, I really have taught these things pretty well over and over and over again. God says it's the fifth thing that many of them are actually missing. They're actually working. They're actually, they're they're spending wisely. They're becoming more conscious of things that they purchase. Some of you all, I love it. Some of y'all have started eating out a little bit less, cooking a few more meals at home. You've been saving more. You've, You've increased in your giving or just simply become obedient in your giving. But even in the midst of all of that activity, God says it's still one thing that they lack. And here it is. They actually lack the faith to believe that it's my will for them to be abundantly supplied. Been down so long, I don't even believe God even wants that for me. Look look at the prodigal son. Look at this boy. The the Bible declares, 1517, but when he came to himself, He said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hungry. So the folk that serve my daddy live in better than the former son that I am right now. So he says, I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, father. I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. My God today, here is the problem. If I'm going to embrace you as a son, that means that everything a son deserves, you're going to get it. And God says, I have embraced you as a son. I have embraced you as a daughter. And there are some of you all that your humility, you know, actuality is sabotaging you. There are some of you that feel as though that you don't deserve to have this because of your past and because of what you've gone through. Baby, it's not about what you have done in your past. It's about who God has made you to. I ain't got to deserve to drive what I drive, to live where I live, and to do the things that I do. I'm able to do it not because of what I've done. I'm able to do it because of what he has done. Yeah. And he has made us sons and daughters. Can somebody say amen to that? Yeah. So my responsibility today, my God, is to get you to believe again. Everybody shout, I got to believe again. Yeah. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. You must You must believe. You must You must. You must believe. some of y'all is tripping because, huh? Hmm. I was in my office and I felt this in my spirit. Some of you guys are in a position where it's like God has been blessing you, He's been blessing you, and you at a point where it's like you refuse him blessing. You. You're like, oh no, 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 that's okay. I, I don't want that. I don't want that. Here, here's the problem with that. You don't know all that God wants to do through you. So how you rejecting something that God has designed to give you as if what you have is enough. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Because there are some of you all, um, you're going to be millionaires, but then there are some of you all, millions is going to be too little. It's taking y'all too long to catch y'all. It's just, it's taking y'all. Look, hey, hey. I, it's like they got to think about it. Hold on, let me think. Y'all do know y'all just sat on me, right? Y'all, y'all just, that's the second time sitting on me. This is what y'all did. This is what y'all did. This is going to be your last year. Getting the income check. Hold on hold on, hold on, hold on, real, real. You know how much I got this, bro. <laughs> What's this? You know how much me and all my cousin kids. <laughs> and then it starts switching. Well, if I'm not getting the refund, then maybe that means God. Go, ah! Y'all, Yo, y'all moving too slow for you, boy. And I need you to think faster because God is going to be moving faster. I know what I'm talking about. Everybody shout, I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Oh. This, this is my assignment today. This is my assignment is to get your believer up. You've been working, you've been saving, you've been, you've been sowing, you've been giving, and all of that wonderful stuff, but at the end of the day, some of you all, after doing all of this activity and receiving some, some results, watch this, because your faith ain't where it needs to be, here is the word that you've been receiving. Be it unto you according to your faith. The harvest ah. The harvest keeps coming. But you cap it every time it comes. Because you don't believe in exceeding abundantly above all. I ask all. Uh, That's why some of you all's prayer, you've been feeling like God wants to do something for you, and you've been like, well, Lord, just, just give me a little bit then. Just give me a little bit to make it through the first. And God's like, no, I'm not giving you. Uh-uh, no, 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 no. All or none at all. So today, God wants you to increase your capacity to believe. And your capacity needs to be on what he said, not based on your experience, Thomas. Thomas says, I will not believe until I feel the holes in his hands, his side. That is where I place my capacity to believe. So Jesus walks in the room and says, all right, Thomas, put it in there. Put your hand in my side. Put your, hand, put, put your finger in, my, in the holes of, of, of my hand. And, that, and Thomas says, now I believe. What does Jesus say? Blessed are those who didn't even see and yet believe. What is he saying? Blessed are those who just hear what my servant is saying. Come on, somebody, and will take the word and believe it. Those are the ones who are gonna receive it. Can you say amen? So my assignment is to increase your increase your faith. My God, today. Ah, yeah. Belves cleaning service. Belves cleaning service. Belves cleaning service. Belves cleaning service. service. Be it, oh, y'all didn't hear that. Watch this. Not be it unto you according to your neighbor's faith. Be it unto you according to my faith. I want you to believe in me but just in case you don't believe in my dream my results is determined by my faith Watch this 2 Corinthians chapter number 8 verse number 9 the bible declares for you know the grace of our lord Jesus Christ that through he though he was rich everybody shall rich. rich yet for your sake he became, what y'all, poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Now understand, when you look at this particular text to interpret it, you can only interpret it through one or two lenses. What you cannot do is mix the lenses. Either he's talking about natural wealth and natural poverty, or he's talking about spiritual blessings and spiritual poverty. So let's, let's see if we can highlight which one he's talking about. Maybe he's talking about spiritual wealth, spiritual poverty. Let's, let's see if it fits. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was, watch just spiritually rich, yet for your sake... He became, I don't know about y'all, but I ain't comfortable declaring that the man that walked on water was spiritually poor. I don't know about y'all, but I ain't good with that. So if it's not talking about spiritual riches and spiritual poverty, let's see if natural riches and natural poverty works. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was God walking on gold. The Bible declares, watch this, the streets, not paved, made. Y'all, y'all, watch this, watch watch this. Go and look at your neighbor and say, it ain't that coded stuff you got on. Ain't, Ain't nothing coded in heaven. You understand? Not, not 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 streets paved. The wealth of the earth is the dirt of heaven. He comes from a place of riches. My God today. So though he was rich, owning every material thing, yet for your sake he became born in a manger. Outside with smelly animals, mama and daddy looking for a place to have him. Ain't got no place to have him. So the one who was rich became poor. Why did he become poor? So that you through his poverty might become I'm here to increase your faith. I'm here to increase your faith. My God today. My God today. Let me, let, me, let me go ahead and go there. So so uh somebody came to me, they like, you know, with everything that's going on in Israel and um some some of the some of the terrorist attacks and all of these things that that are going on, I, I need you to understand my position of where I am concerning the end times and the things that seem to be materializing um, as a sign that Jesus is coming back. Let me show you my position because somebody was like, you you need to be preaching on this, you need to teach on that. Well, this is what Jesus told his disciples in the parable. He used the parable of a man that was going on a journey. The man in the text, in the parable, was him. And before the man leaves he turns to his servants and he says to his servants in the KJV, occupy until I come. ESV NIV interprets that word occupy, do business till I come. So Pastor McGee is not the one that's just going to be sitting back to my, ooh, any day now, y'all, any day now, he finna bust them clout. No, baby, it's too much work to do until he come. All I know is when he come, he won't find me sitting. He going to find me working. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Y'all ain't, listen, listen. When he come, he going to interrupt me. When he come, he going to have to get my attention. It's, it's going to have to be a trumpet because I'm going to be working. What are you trying to say, Pastor McGee? I need you to stay focused because there's some of you all like he he talking about money and talking about wealth and talking about riches. I'm talking about the thing that you need to fulfill your assignment on the earth. Y'all ain't saying nothing in this place. Yes, you need great vision. Yes, you need anointing. Yes, you need power. But you're going to need some financial resources as well. Doggone light company, still want money. All of them calls on that lot. Seem like they ought to just throw me one. Doggone it, they want me to buy one. Matthew 6.25, the Bible declares, therefore I tell you, anybody receiving anything today, And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little what, y'all? So do not worry. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, Stop worrying. saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and what y'all? All All of these things shall be what y'all? They added to you because you belong to him. So I ain't got a trip about the, 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 the idea of lack or need now because whatever is perceived to be lacking, everybody shout it's on its way. It's on its way. I'm still plowing. I'm still plowing. Everybody shout it's God's will for me to be abundantly supplied. Watch this, Psalms 103 and 1. The Bible declares, Praise the Lord, my soul, and all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his, everybody, shall benefits. Forget not all of his benefits. Now, understand, when you get on a job, uh, they promise you a paycheck on the 1st or the 15th, 15th and the 30th, every Friday, whatever your dates are. But in addition to your paycheck, they offer you benefits. Now, what's the purpose of benefits? The purpose of benefits is although we are given you a check, we want you to be in your most optimal condition to perform your services so that we can give you this check at the end of the week. So if you got a toothache, we don't want you walking around here being moody. We don't want you calling out of work. Because you got a toothache, baby, you got benefits, go to the doctor and get your teeth fixed. Back hurt? Go to the doctor, get your back checked out. Everybody shout, I got benefits. So as a believer, listen to me, as a Christian, heaven is the paycheck. Heaven is the paycheck. But until I get to heaven and receive my paycheck, He don't need me calling out right now. So he gave me benefits to fix the thing that would keep me from calling out and not doing the work I'm supposed to do that will hinder the paycheck, come on somebody, at the end of my journey. So what's the benefits? Here they are. He forgives all of my sins. I ain't got to feel guilty. I, ain't, oh, I don't know if I ought to preach today because what I said. Boy, confess it and move on. Not only does he forgive my sin, he heals my diseases. I got a benefit that, watch this, that this body will last the length of this assignment. Now, when my assignment is over, they can have my my organs and they can have all that other kind of stuff to help somebody else. But until then, I need it to last the length of my assignment. Number four, he redeems my life from from the pit and crowns me with love and compassion. And look, look look at what's a part of the benefit package. Verse number five, he satisfies my desires with good things. Everybody shout desires. Now, Matthew 6.33 said needs. The God that we serve, won't you so bless? I don't just meet your needs. (laughs) Some of y'all need to hear that because your prayers need to change. You just praying for a piece of car. Ain't trying to figure out why you keep getting a piece of car. Y'all ain't sending to this way. Watch it now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me, let me tell y'all, let me pick on my wife. Let me pick on my wife. This, this was... This was my God, today, we hadn't even been married, like, maybe two, three years. It wasn't long. And, my, my, like, at that time, like, my dream car was like a Jaguar. Like, I just love Jaguars, okay? We, we on vacation. It was like an anniversary or something. And we down in New Orleans. We was living in Hattiesburg at the time. We come down here, and, and Steve, it's this brand-new white Jaguar. On the show, it's, it's not even in a car dealership, it's in some type of mall. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking, my mind is just blown away. I cannot believe it. This thing is so nice. My wife come over there, she was mad at me. That's what it was. See, that's, <laughs> She was acting up because she was mad at me. And she said, Look at that price, $70,000, 80000 That don't even make no sense. Them cars, they just cost too much. I said, Hold on, hold on. Nah, nah, nah. Said if I got Jaguar money, I'm gonna buy Jaguar. Right now, we got Escort and Fiesta money. (laughs) So, guess what? I was driving Fiesta and Escort, baby. And I wasn't tripping. I wasn't tripping about what I was driving. I just had expectation I was gonna drive one of these one day. And I'm just looking at that car and I'm just admiring it. I'm just admiring it. I'm just saying, ooh, 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 ooh. I love that thing. That car. That car. I love that car. Right. About four years later, I'm in Houston, Texas. And this lady pulls up. I forget what kind of car it was, but it was absolutely smart. It wasn't my dream car, but it was just a fine car. And at that particular time, Steve, you start talking to me about vision boards. I kneel down in my little, you know, Greg from Nah part. Wow. I take a picture and I post it on Facebook. And everybody's comment, boy, that look good on you. That look good on you. That's you right there. And watch this. Somebody posts, ha, ha, like you could ever drive that. What's crazy, chat, you remember, at that particular time, I'm in the middle of a series on faith. Yeah. Wow. And so I talk about what happened and the example, and I told the people of God, I said, I believe God that if He wanted to, He could give me the car. <laughs> Few weeks later, I get a phone call saying, what you think about driving a Jaguar, which was the exact car that me and my wife was looking at years earlier. I said, it sounds good to me. He said, I'm going to send you the VIN, get the insurance, and come pick it up. No, let me, let, me help you. let me help you, let me help you, let me help you, let me help you, let me help you. Sister Connie, I had a dream, and I want to share the dream I had. Because when I had the dream, I was in the place that many of you guys are. What, what, what place is that? You are sitting, looking at somebody, talk about blessings. And you kind of just rationalizing, oh, but he a pastor, though. He a man of God. I had a dream about 20 years ago. I was serving under Apostle Beard. Whenever the brothers, we'd come together and pray, we'd all get down on one knee. I get up here so the camera can get me. We'd all get down on one knee just like this, and we we would pray. And in the dream... I was the assistant pastor at that time, and I remember seeing all of the faces of the brothers. Um, um, Deacon Price was down on one knee, and and Prophet Brown was down on one knee, and, and Lewis was down on one knee. I'm next to Apostle. I'm down on one knee, and Apostle Beard, my man of God, is down on one knee. I wake up out of the dream, and I ask God, what does it mean? God spoke to me, and he says, when you pray, I don't hear titles. I only hear faith. I do not respond to Pastor McGee because he's Pastor McGee. I respond to Pastor McGee based off of his faith. Come on, somebody. So I'm telling you today, if your faith is greater than mine, you can receive stuff greater than I can. Let me tell you something. Mm, I'm over time. My God today. I ain't one of these little petty pastors that's just trying to keep everybody down. I'm ready to bless houses bigger than mine. I'm ready to bless cars finer than mine. I'm ready. Let me see where I'm at. Who house I'm gonna bless then? Who car I'm to bless? Who new business I'm getting ready to walk in and pour oil on the floor? Watch this, watch this. Watch this. Who finna have more babies than increase membership? <laughs> Steve, something in his hand right here. Something in his hand, right? Here. Lord, them saints sat down on the blessings of the Lord. They sat down on Jesus. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. I need to help you. I need to help you. Because there's some of you all. Um, so, so when I minister, I minister from a yeah but perspective. As I'm going through my sermon, my notes, my prayer time, I'm, I'm trying to help the critic. Because there are people, it's not that they're critical or just negative people. There's some people that's just been abused. They've been, they've been let down so much that they have a stronger defense against the blessings of God than they have for. I told the brothers, I told the brothers, we, we, we engaged in spiritual warfare um, Friday night, and, and I told them, I put, I look, I put uh, Luke ten nineteen where it declares how that God has given us power over all the powers of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt us. Yes. And I told them, after engaging in warfare, you have a decision to make concerning where you're going to apply your faith. Either you're going to apply your faith in the fact and reality that the enemy is going to retaliate. Or you're going to apply your faith in the fact that although he's going to retaliate, nothing shall by any means hurt me. So whether he attacks or not, watch this. My faith is no weapon that's formed against me. Let it be formed. Just know it won't. So I want to help. I want to help a few, yeah, but believers concerning this message of what God is getting ready to do financially in the lives of his people. Matthew 5 and 3 declares, blessed are the poor in spirit. Everybody shall poor in spirit. All right, Reb, I got you right there because the Bible declares it's blessed to be poor. and no, all. that ain't what it says. It says blessed are the poor in spirit. What does that mean? Blessed are the individuals who realize their spiritual poverty. What does that mean? realize their spiritual need for Jesus those are the blessed ones for whatever reason put that scripture back on the on, on the on the screen for whatever reason we took off in spirit and we just said blessed are the poor and let me tell you there is nothing blessed about being poor i know that's going to hurt somebody's feelings and you want to go to bat in defense for somebody but i'm telling you ain't nothing blessed about being I got some yeah, but scriptures. I ain't throwing stones. I want to help you. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, pastor, I want to help you. Acts chapter number three, verse number one. The Bible declares when the day, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from his birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple. uh, of Nazareth uh, walk. So, so that, there's some that go, see, see, preacher, there it is right there. It ain't about your money as long as you got the power. <laughs> Where about silver and gold just have the power? All right, here, here's, you got to keep reading though. Yeah. You, you got you to put the text within context, but then keep on reading. Yeah. What's the context? The context, pop, is they actually are broke. You want to know why they broke? Because they've been in hiding at least for 50 days. Their master was publicly crucified, and they're looking for his followers. On top of that, 50 days later, now, they watch this, later, three days later after his crucifixion, now they're talking about, that he has resurrected. So during this time, they're trying to snuff out these folks that' spreading these lies about this man we saw die, and they' talking about he rose again. Yes. So at least 50, that makes 50, at least 53 days, they've been in hiding. So that means they ain't been to work. So y'all see so y'all 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 slow on me again y'all I need y'all to move faster. Now, now real talk real talk real, real talk. Let, let me let me ask you, how would your household be if you ain't worked for 50 days? <laughs> how would your household be if like right now, you don't receive no money for the next 50 days? Let me help you. You know what you'll be saying. You'll be saying, "Silver and gold, have I none?" But baby, I can't pray. I can't pray now. But I can't help you with nothing because for the past fifty-three days, so you you have taken an event and built an entire theology around it as to why you're supposed to be broken, poor. So I wonder, can we keep reading? So we read in chapter number three. Watch what happened in chapter number four. My God. The Bible declares with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's grace was powerfully at work in them all. That there were no needy persons among them, for from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them and brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet. Watch this. Chapter number three, they pull. Chapter number four, they ain't pull no more. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to cross over from three to four. Is in a, oh, y'all with me now? Y'all with your boy now? Is anybody ready to cross from three to four? Let's go then. All right. Now, I want to highlight this last one, and then we're going to get out of here. Because um, I even hear some of y'all, oh, I, I got it. I, I heard, I, I hear you. I hear you. But it's this one, it's all that little stuff you, good. But it is this one scripture, Reb. Somebody call me Reb Doctor of the day. (laughs) This one scripture in the book of Matthew, chapter number 26, verse number 11. Jesus himself says, the poor you will always. Now, how how, how you... how? Oh, you going to contradict Jesus? What Jesus was playing? What you it, it was just well it was just circumstantial. He was just talking about them because they had fell in some sin. What, help me to understand how is it that put 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 that put that that that, that image on the screen? The slide that says, it's God's will for me to be abundantly supplied. Now, keep that on the screen. I need y'all to look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Watch this. Watch this. Watch watch my hand. Don't do the Benny Hinn thing. I'm just, some of y'all will be spiritual. (laughs) Yeah, don't don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Son, just touch my hand. Just touch my hand. Boy, I love you so much. Watch this. So I'm going to touch my son's hand, and watch. I'm covering everybody. Watch this. Watch this. I'm covering everybody. I'm covering everybody. I'm covering everybody. I'm covering everybody. You thought you was going to get it? uh, tell me, getting it. Get it. Damn. Yeah. All right. Now watch this. My argument is that it is God's will that everybody who I just waved over to be abundantly supplied. Yeah. So. What some of y'all will do is be like, well, some of us will, but I don't know about her. I don't know about them. I mean, come on, real, real talk. Look at the poverty in the world, and based on the poverty in the world, it seems like my little statement is not only contradicting the results of what's happening in the world, it seems like it really it's a direct contradiction to what Jesus himself said that you will always have for people among you. Here's the problem. Too many, I'll say preachers, too many preachers read text without context. Let me help you when it comes to understanding context. One of the ways, And in particular, in this situation, whenever a... How many know you can't make the Bible mean something it never meant? Okay, So watch this. Whenever a New Testament author or person quotes an Old Testament scripture in order to understand what they mean you got to understand what the scripture actually meant. Jesus is quoting an Old Testament scripture, and the people around him, because we don't understand the context of Deuteronomy, we just take it for face value. It's going to be some poor people. I guess we're going to be one of them. So this is what you have to do. How about we go to Deuteronomy, and let's look at the scripture that Jesus actually quotes from. Scripture declares, Deuteronomy 1511, Moses writes, and this is what Jesus quotes, there will always be poor people in the land. This is actually the climax of a thought that he begins in verses number four. The thought in verse number four begins like this: "However, there need be no poor people among you. For in the land the Lord your God is giving you to possess as your inheritance, He will richly bless." So let's look at them. 15:11 declares, "There will always be poor people. 154 says there doesn't need to be any poor people. What's the disparity? The disparity is between verses number five and verses number 10. Here is 5. 5 says, if only you fully obey. On, right. That's it. That's it. Let me let me give you let me give you greater context. Who he's going to address is obedience from the individual and from the community that the individual is connected to. So if a person is poor in my house, they're poor for one or two reasons. Either because he keeps driving to Memphis and Alcorn and turning his life 360 off. Can't Get a witness up in here. Amen. Because of things he's doing or because of the system, the failure of the system to obey the word of the Lord and actually give the support. If it's poverty in a neighborhood, it's either because the individual is spending all their money at the grand. Is it still a grand? Oh, oh, how you know. (laughs) Because they drinking all their money on what's them drinks called? It, it, it's because they do. What, what's that thing called? What's that? What's they call? What's they call? <laughs> <laughs> if, if the individual in the community is poor, it's 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 because either one or two things. Because the individual is doing some things out of disobedience to sound principles of wealth building, or it's because the community that God has commanded to give support. It was one organization uh, over in Moss Point, my man was just telling me about money that one of, the organizations ran, one of the organizations ran out of the resources to provide for the community the way they were supposed to. It's a failure of one or two. If somebody in the nation is poor, it's either because the individual is making some choices or it's because of the failure of the nation to actually take care of their people, their citizens. So the scripture says there needs to be no poor among you. However, there will be. You know why? because one of them two gonna fail to do what they supposed to do. So here's what I decided not to do. I'm not gonna fail to do what I'm supposed to do. So if poverty is in my neighborhood, it ain't at my doorstep. Do I have anybody in here that made up their mind, I'm gonna do what I'm supposed to do?